Congresswoman Woman. Again, we're glad to have you. Thank you for joining us today. And we're really excited about today's broadcast. I guess I'm always excited about, you know, because I like talking to people one-on-one. -on -one. And I know that you, because you get to, order, uh, to listen in, um, it's more than one-on-one, -on -one, but I think it's one-on-one -on -one when I'm talking. So, um, so that's all, almost, always been my favorite thing to do, is uh, have one-on-one -on -one conversations and allow, allow you to, in, to listen in and answer some of the questions that you've sent in. So we're just so glad to have you today. And today, my guest is Minister Linda Burdett. Linda is on the staff at Word of Faith. She is also the dean of our uh, Christian school, I mean, of our Bible school, Pistis. And um, she, has a, she has a lot of responsibilities. She's excellent at what she does. And uh, so I want you to welcome with me Minister Linda Burdett. Thank Welcome. you, Pastor Deborah. Glad to be here. Good to be here. Linda and I have something in common, and that is we both come from big families. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, there's, there's some advantages to having a big family because you, if, you know, if I had came from a small family and ended up with a church like this, I just wouldn't know how to deal with people. But because I was in a big family, and I had to deal with numerous people on a daily basis. I believe it helped me and prepared me for what I'm doing today. I don't know if she feels the same way, but I do. I feel that um, that was preparation time that God used for me because I never thought that I would be doing anything like this. Mm -hmm. And, um, but this is where God put me. Amen. And this is where God put you. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, so Linda was also a graduate from Pistis. So she graduated and then she took over. <laughs> so Linda, tell us about your experience first as a student. Yeah. Um, when I, well, first of all, how I got to Pistis, I w would have never have went on my own. Mm -hmm. uh, the Lord told me to go to, the, to Pistis. And honestly, I thought I was going to Pistis because I was going to marry somebody in yep. ministry not thinking that he was calling me to ministry, mm -hmm. but I would just be a help and a support to somebody. Um, but my experience in uh, Pistis was life-changing, and I know that's an overused word, mm -hmm. but in my case, it actually did change my life and helped me to uh, see what ministry really is because mm -hmm. you can be on the outside looking in, but until you get a, a up-close and personal experience yeah. with it, you don't know that ministry entails all the things that it does. So um, I, I entered into uh, Pistis thinking one thing, came out of Pistis thinking another thing. And I remember saying to the Lord, I wish I could just work for the church for free, you know, because that's how much I wanted to serve and help with the vision uh, that uh, Bishop Butler had at that time. Mm -hmm. And But I had bills to pay because I was single, so I had to work. And I never would have thought that I would have had the opportunity to mm -hmm. be the dean of the school either. So it's just so many things that you don't know the specifics to when God calls you. You think that it's going to be one way you have yeah. in your mind how God is going to do what he's going to do. And then all of a sudden, uh, what you had in mind is it fails in comparison mm -hmm. to what God has in mind. So yes, I've been um, here at Word of Faith for uh, over 35 years and uh, on staff for 22 mm -hmm. years and 
about 15 of those years as the dean of the school. Mm -hmm. And, um, and a, a grace just comes on you for that yes. as well. Praise God. Um, I do want to, you know, set the record straight. If you come to Pistons, that does not mean you're going to be, end up being the dean of the school. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's uh, interesting that uh, she did. She was a hard worker, remember, even as a student. And uh, she paid attention to detail, which was very important. Um, you cannot successfully run anything without attention to detail, to detail, excuse me. So, uh, but she's, she's been quite a blessing. And um, now I'm going to ask her to uh, tell you where Pistis schools are in the world. Yes. <laughs> um, well, Pistis has quite expanded since I went through Pistis. Uh, we have had, uh, had uh, Pistis uh, in Canada, we've had uh, Pistis in Bulgaria, and I want to say that even though we may not physically have the schools there, the students that we have trained there yeah. are still doing what right. we have trained them. Uh, Czech Republic, Poland, uh, Greece, South Africa, Kenya, mm -hmm. um, the UK, so yes, yeah. we're moving by God's spirit. Yes. Yep. So it's, uh, oh, I forgot one. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, our most recent one is uh, the Germany School, which really is comprised of uh, Pol Poland, people from Poland, from the Ukraine, from uh, Germany, and from Russia. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And what's interesting is these people will uh, graduate, some will stay where they are, but some will go back into their own areas and uh, minister the word minister the word so that people can not just grab it and grow, but they can learn how to take it personal. Because one of the things that I, I believe is a really, you know, Bishop talks about the church's missing their assignment. But another thing, the reason why uh, I think that's going on is that we don't take our relationship with God personal. And when I say personal, I'm saying, he died for me. Mm -hmm. I know he died for you too, but I'm talking about he died yeah. for me. And if when we don't do that, we're not, we're not able to receive all the benefits that God gave us because we don't see him as that type of God. You know, we, we'll say he's I am, but then we think, well, God is I was. And he's not I was. He is I am. He is not I'm going to be. He is I am. And we have to see him as, I, as our I am in order to receive everything that he has for us because he's not holding anything back from us. He loves us so much that everything is right there for us, but there's a place that we need to be and the place that we walk in to give us the ability to have access to what God has already given us. So it's very important for um, the training because we, you know, as Linda was talking earlier about, uh, and she talked about in our, our 30 days of prayer about Asia, and, uh, and uh, I'm gonna let her, finish that about uh, the amount of people in Asia that don't even know God. And we have a lot of work to do, so a lot of work to do. And that's one of the things that Pistis does, is prepare yeah. people to be able to uh, minister to their own. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I was sharing in the 30 days of prayer, uh, my assignment was to pray for Asia. 
and I wanted to uh, understand Asia a little bit, so I did a little research and I found that 60% um, of the world population live in Asia, mm -hmm. and that, so that's like four point uh, something billion people, and over 90% of those people are not born again. So we look around and we may, in our individual little worlds, everybody may be saved, but when you think about over half the population of the world not being saved, yeah. and if we didn't have ministries with visions to go into other lands and preach the gospel like uh, KBM, then these people would never get an opportunity to know Jesus and that would be such a tragedy to see 60% yes. of the world population not saved. Yeah. And I believe that's why Jesus hasn't come back yet. Because see, the Bible says that it has to, the gospel has to be preached to the whole earth. And I think one, one of the things that we as Christians sometimes find ourselves in is we don't want to talk about around certain people because they're not going to respond. It's not our responsibility how they respond. It's our responsibility to give them the opportunity to respond. Mm -hmm. But God gave them a choice. Once they hear the word, then there is their responsibility to respond to it. And some, some choose the correct way to respond and some does, doesn't. And that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility and our responsibility as a church is to do what God told us to do, yeah. is to minister the word of God and get it all over the earth because he's a God of love and he's a fair God, and he's a just God, and he wants everybody to have the, uh, the opportunity to receive him because hell wasn't made for them. Hell was made for the, the devil and his cohorts. And uh, he doesn't want hell to be populated by his people. So we have to make that choice. And we have to, so we have to change our whole mindset on why we're ministering to people. You're not ministering to people so you can have a big church. That's right. You know, that's what not, I mean, it would be nice to have a big church and whatever and stuff based on some things, but you're not, that's not why you're ministering to them. You're ministering so, so they can get saved and they may never go to your church, but they got saved and they're going to end up in heaven. That's what we want. And, and I just want to uh, share, Pastor Deborah, just uh, maybe about a week ago, I had this wonderful conversation with. Uh, the students of Pistis, mm -hmm. uh, they come into my office hours and we'll talk about classwork and we'll just talk about life in general. And we were talking about the influence uh, that the righteous should have. Mm -hmm. And and I said, hey, I may not ever speak to a thousand people at one time, but God is holding me accountable mm -hmm. for the people that I touch with my life. So that's members of my family. Yeah. That's the people that live around me in the community. That's people that I consider friends or that I just meet casually, that I should share my faith with them and, yeah. and impact them. Because what I do for a word of faith, that's one assignment, but mm -hmm. it doesn't release me from the Great Commission. Yes. So we all have that responsibility. And as believers, we should take that personally when God said, go into the world. It doesn't necessarily mean that you got to go overseas. Mm -hmm. It's the world that you're in. Influence somebody yep. that, that with the gospel, with your testimony. Yeah. And also, it has to do with your giving also, because mm -hmm. you can give to an organization or ministry that is going into the world mm -hmm. and ministering that gospel and support them in what they're doing. 
and that will be counted to your account um, because that's just how good God is. That's right. um, so, you know, we just can't get stuck in our little world and that's just true. think that if everything's going well in our little world, then we're fine. No, it's not. We have to look at everything because God so loved the world. He gave his life. He gave Jesus, gave his life for the world. And uh, if he loves, if God loves the world, then we should love the world. That's right. And, uh, you know, it just makes a big difference. Yeah. I, um, right now we're, uh, you know, of course we have a school here in the U.S., but also teaching our German school, our Russian school, rather. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm teaching the preaching class. So these are mostly pastors that are yeah. in this uh, class. And I was just so humbled because they have been doing what they've been doing yeah. for like 20, 30 years. And so we were breaking up the parts of the sermon. So we're working on the introduction. So this pastor uh, sent me an email and he said, uh, Minister Burdett, can you look at my introduction to uh, critique it and let me know what you think about it? And I, and I was just so humbled by that because he's been yeah. doing what he's been doing for all these years that he would want the critique because his heart was pure. He yeah. wants to be able to present the gospel message in an effective way yeah. that will cause people to make a decision or choice for Christ. Right. And so it's, it's, it's so rewarding to train people who are called by yeah. God and to assist them in developing them for what God has called them to do. So uh, this has been a great honor to even uh, teach these uh, pastors yeah. the things that we know that Bishop has taught us. And I just see uh, their country just expanding That's because they're going to impart it to their people and it's just going to keep going perpetually. Yeah. Yep. And the other thing about that is that, that you, know, you know, you mentioned about but you being humble. Mm -hmm. You know, to come to Pistons, you have to humble yourself before God. Mm -hmm. And for a pastor to, to be in the yeah. school, Absolutely. It, it, it's an it's a, um, um, humbling experience that needs to happen where we can say, you know, Lord, I need you to show me what else I need to do. And I'm going to put myself in line and, and, and get it done. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you can't, well, some people do come to school to get what they can get so they can have a big church. I'm just going to be honest about it. But that's not the purpose of the school. The purpose of the school is to equip you, equip you, even more so than we do in church when we're talking to, when we're preaching at church or whatever, but to equip you to minister, to be able to minister to people. And, you know, there's so many things that, um, that we need to do um, to help prepare pastors. Yeah. And, um, and help them to get in. And, but we don't know their culture. That's true. So when, when a, a pastor comes out of their culture and find out how to minister the Word of God, then that pastor can go back and minister to his culture. Absolutely. The Word of God. You know, because I, I we have to, when we go places, we have to say, okay, what's the culture? Yeah. So we don't step on people's toes. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so we have to research, which is the word she used earlier, we have to research everywhere we go to know what, what's going to be the most effective way to minister to those people and um, to not make them feel like they're not doing it right. Yeah. But we're just helping you to get better at what you're doing. Yeah. 
And, and you know, we've been uh, going into different cultures, so it's important to let people know because uh, other parts of the world, they have their own views of America and mm -hmm. Americans. So when we go and establish the school there, the first thing that we tell them, uh, we are about the culture of God. Yeah. And that transcends nationality, nations, and all of that. Yeah. So we're not trying to make you be American. Right. We're just trying to teach you the culture of God. Yes. And that is the same everywhere. Yes. Yep. And it's, it's, uh, it's just important to realize because everybody needs to know the culture of God. You know, when you, you know, when we, we approach different things and say, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And we as a, ch as a church yeah. has conformed ourselves so much to the world. Yeah. And if we were at, would take that same energy and conform ourselves to God, you know, we wouldn't have any problems. Absolutely. We, would, we really wouldn't. Because, and he's, and he's told us all this stuff in the Word. And we're always trying to talk ourselves out of it. Well, I just need to do that. I don't need God's help here. I don't, oh my God. I will take God's help area, Absolutely. his help in every area of my life. Because I am not a perfect being. And perfect being sometimes don't do the right thing. So I need God to help me. I need the Holy Spirit to tell me, uh, don't do that. Because he knows before I do it, he knows before I do it, what I'm thinking about doing. And he'll, don't do that, don't even touch it. And then he'll talk, talk to me later about what to do about something. But uh, it's so helpful to just be able to not um, leap and just do stuff because you feel like it. <laughs> I, I, I totally concur with that. Anytime that I've ever gotten in trouble or missed it, it was because I followed my mind mm -hmm. or what I thought and uh, either didn't pray about it or yeah. thought that, uh, no, that couldn't be God saying this to me and I did my own thing. Yeah. But if, you, if we stay close to what his word says and we stay, uh, have a prayer life, because yeah. you got to have a prayer life. Uh, and, you, and prayer doesn't just consist of beginning with, Father and amen at the yep. end, it's conversation throughout your day yes. with a living God, you know, yep. just like a friend. Yeah, it is. It's just, you know, just talking to him about anything or listening to him about anything. Because mm -hmm. sometimes you do most of the talking, sometimes he does it. That's right. Most of the talking, but you have to be able to listen. And I, 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 I know there's so many, many ways to do that, but one of the things to do about when a thought comes to your mind and you're saying, that's not, that's not God speaking to me. Or that's, you know, we hardly ever say that's not me. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and usually it is, mm -hmm. or that must be the devil, whatever. Mm -hmm. But just, if you just take the time to think about that thought and pick up your Bible, it doesn't take you long to figure out where that thought came from. If you understand who God is and who he is to you, who you are and who the devil is, it don't take you long to, to, to realize that's God, that's not God's thought. That's the devil's thought and I took it by saying it, by talking about it. Um, or it's just your own thought because your mind is all messed up. So, you know, that's our responsibility. So ministering to others and, and ministering to ourselves. Yeah. Because so the devil tells us, he speaks to us, and he'll tell us things all the time. 
And you don't even have to have a conversation with him. You just tell him where to go. He'll flee from you. Yeah. I, I, I teach the students that, um, you know, when you answer this call to come to Pistons, mm -hmm. the devil heard that. Yep. Okay. And he is God's enemy and he is your enemy. Yeah. And he wants to stop you from doing what God has called right. you to do. And God, having foreknowledge, he knows everything that Satan was going to throw at you before you even entered into this process. Right. But Satan cannot stop you. Right. Only you can stop you. Okay. So what he tries to do is discourage you and get you to the point where you throw up your hand and say, I can't do this or I'm, I'm just going to quit. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you stop the process of what God has called you to. And you believe that he has made you more than a conqueror. Yeah. To be a conqueror, you have to overcome some things. So these challenges, these obstacles that he throws at you, you have to know that he has made you more than a conqueror. So conquer this. Yeah. Don't run from it. Right. Don't try to avoid it, but conquer it. Yeah. Because you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You have the word of God. You have everything to prevail in this situation. And a lot of times when we're going through it, we don't, we don't see it that clearly, yeah. you know because you know feelings and emotions and thought process get into it but that's what you meant by you got to go back to the word of god yeah. and remind yourself what god said and just stay focused right. on what he said cuz actually he'll tell you he'll show you exactly where to go in the word mhm mm so uh, uh i mean it's just you just have to have to do that then the other thing about you know when you go get ready to make when you make the decision to go to pistis satan tries to throw your past at you until you um, you're unworthy, and you have to learn how to release your past, your past. Because if you have asked God to forgive you for all that past, uh, then God has thrown it into the sea of forgiveness, yeah. and you have no business discussing it. And the devil ain't got no business discussing it with you. So you have to make sure that you do that, and uh, and sometimes you have to do it daily, because the devil will, as long as he think that he can get you off of doing what God called you to do. He will keep at it. He's just going to keep at it. But you're, you have God with you. And the devil can't stand up to God. Because that's why he's trying to deceive us and make, make us think yeah. that he can. But he can't. And uh, so, you, we, you know, we just have to, we just have to do the word. Uh, so many times it's, we just feel like it's automatic. It's not automatic. You have to. Do what God told you to do. You have to do the word. You have to speak the word. You have to have the word so in your heart that that's what comes out when you're being pushed. Yeah. The word comes out. Now, one of the easiest ways to, uh, to tell when a thought is from God or whatever or from you or from the devil is the first thing, is, is there love involved in this? Because if, if it's God, there's going to be some aspect of love Amen. that's going to be involved in that. And most of the time, it's like, you know, when you just feel like you're going to go off on people and cuss people out and all that stuff like that, first of all, we shouldn't be cussing. If you're going to do anything, speaking tongues, just, just, you know, somebody says something to you and just, <laughs> and so now you're not in trouble. But if you go off cussing and stuff like that, then, then you got to answer to God for that. 
and you might have destroyed a relationship that you didn't need to be destroyed. Um, so you just have to do everything that's, that's, that's necessary to make sure that you keep in line with God, with God, what God has said, and what the Bible has said, with God, who God is. And the strongest part, part of that is, uh, is that God is love. Yes. And um, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I don't have a difficult time walking in love with people because I've been practicing it so long that it's part of who I am. And I know a lot of people tell, tell me it's, you make it look easy, but it's not easy. It's just that it's who I am now because that's who God is. Because you made a decision to I do that. I made a decision to do it. Yeah. And the Holy Ghost helps me because sometimes he has to tell me, hush, don't say nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, because sometimes those emotional, emotions get loose and uh, like a loose screw. Yeah. <laughs> and it just makes you feel like uh, you got to say something, but you don't have to always answer things. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Because uh, we think just because somebody says something to us that we feel that we have to retort or respond to mm -hmm. it. But you don't have to respond to everything that somebody said to you right. or about you. I like the way um, uh, somebody put it. It's, even if you hear that somebody said something about you, you don't have to address it. Right. Because you need to think about it in this term. It's nothing until it's something. Yeah. You know, And if, if that individual really feels that way and they want to talk to me about it, I'll be willing and happy to talk to them yeah. and address it in love. But until it's something to talk about, it ain't nothing to talk about. Right. You don't need to comment on it. Yeah, you know, we have so many arts about people against people because of what somebody told us, somebody somebody else told us that they said, and that right. doesn't make sense. Right. You know, so um, uh, so we need to learn how to just let things go. And I practice this in my marriage. Is I don't have to answer everything Bishop asks me or every, every time he says something to me. I don't have to just bark back at him, you know, or, you know, just say, well, you did such and such and all that stuff. That's not walking in love. I, I call, what I do is I pick my battles. That's not important. You know, got to handle that. <laughs> I don't have to, mm -hmm. you know, and, and sometimes I'll just, but, I just say to myself, God, that's your son. That sounds like uh, you have gotten to a point that you have a, a good command of your person, your body, mm -hmm. that it is not calling the shots. Your emotions is right. not pulling the strings to your tongue. Right, because emotion is a possession. And you have to learn how to control your emotions, mm -hmm. not let your emo or possessions control you. That would be just so as stupid as going outside and starting your car that is your possession and just letting it take you where it want to go. Yeah. Put it in drive, put your foot on the gas and let it go where it wants to go. That's how crazy that is, is that you allowing your emotions to control who you are. Your emotions is not who you are unless you allow it to be. Your emotions should not be controlling you. And as women, we are really bad at that. You know, one of the things that we want to do is say is we're emotional eaters. Stop being emotional eaters. Yeah. You know, um, stop saying that and stop saying that, you know, stop saying all the negative things that we say. You don't have to say them. Why would you have to? They already happening. <laughs> so you don't have to talk about them. Just talk the opposite so you can change them and um, make and just make a point to just 
take control of your emotions because that's how the devil attacks us. We can get so upset about nothing and then can't even remember what we're upset yeah, about. Yeah. What, made, what got me to this point? Because Satan knows what your buttons are because you're talking it. So a lot of times we, we, our self-talk uh, get us more riled up than somebody saying something about it. Yeah. So we need to focus and, and get that under control, that self-talk. Yes. Yeah, we do. We need to. Stay tuned for part two of this episode of Woman to Woman. If questions you've had about dating, marriage, and friendships have gone unanswered, This book will put these questions to rest and put you on solid ground in your interpersonal relationships. Do you want to learn how to navigate successfully through life's changing seasons with its crossroads and uncharted waters? Find the information you need for a happy journey in establishing godly relationships through marriage and family. Order your copy today.